Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Not Overthinking. Ali, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right, actually. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah, I've had a good week. I've had a few days off work. And I've only got six more shifts left until I am fully unemployed, officially unemployed. Um, so I can come work for Causal potentially if I amazing if I need to make rent. Yeah, we're hiring some interns. This that's a joke. We're not hiring any interns. Um, that's a, that's pretty exciting. I don't like to I don't like to use the word exciting because I feel like it's overused and diluted. But that is actually quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is actually quite exciting. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod before. I'm I'm really concerned that I'm going to wake up in the mornings and not have a reason to get out of bed. You've talked about it and then you went off on one about how, oh, I've got this all planned out. I'm going to like wake up at 8 a.m. and do my thankfulness practice and then go to the go to David Lloyd gym and then do my writing practice. Okay, I, remember, I remember now. <laughs> That's fine. That'll be, that'll be my meaning in life. I forgot I did that spiel. Right. <laughs> so it just went out of my memory. <laughs> That's good stuff. So we, yeah, we haven't actually done the podcast for a couple of weeks. Um, because we've been busy on on skillshare yes very good we've been busy watching online classes on skillshare who are very kindly sponsoring this episode tamor why don't you tell us about skillshare today skillshare is the best way to learn anything online uh they have except for math science and computer science except for math science and computer science (laughs) and you can learn about where to learn those in the next episode but for everything else uh the skillshare has classes about pretty much anything I don't think Ali. I don't think we should let Ali plug his classes again this week. <laughs> Ali has some classes on there that you could check out about filmmaking and studying and space repetition. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a guess. Then <laughs> a complete guess. Uh, yeah, check out Skillshare. Uh, it's you know I don't want to say productive, <laughs> <laughs> but if you subscribe to current. <laughs> mainstream narratives then it is a more productive way to spend your time than watching youtube or netflix uh, i don't subscribe to those narratives but if you do then <laughs> yeah check out skillshare.com slash not overthinking yeah and you get you can get a two-month free trial completely free of charge and then after your trial is up the premium subscription costs less than ten dollars a month and it's totally worth it and you absolutely can and should check out my own classes on skillshare there's one on productivity there's one on studying for exams there's one on using flashcard a flashcard app called Anki and there's one on how to edit videos and we've got loads more classes on the way in the next two months so if you do sign up for a free trial stay tuned for some fire content as the kids say nice uh good stuff thank you for, thank you to skillshare for for sponsoring before i um talk about start talking about a few things the ad read basically i was i think yesterday or the day before or something i can't remember how this came up but i had i had this this idea sort of germinated uh inside me for That's like right. a really what? That's very uh, technical vocabulary for you. Yeah, yeah, big word. Yeah, three syllables. Uh, 
German. German names. <laughs> no. So I, I had this I, I had this idea for like what would be like a really funny like four panel comic. I mean even like two panel comic. <laughs> basically, it'll be like a guy. Basically, there's a guy and a girl in the park. They're strangers. They don't know each other. And and the girl is just like sitting sitting down. Uh, she's got some headphones in and she's looking kind of pensive. And then the guy you know kind of spots spots her in his field of vision and she sort of sort of catches his eye. And then he thinks, wow, you know. She looks. She looks so sophisticated. I wonder what she's thinking because, <laughs> like, she's sitting there pensive with, with her headphones in, and then on on the panel of the girl, <laughs> it turns out that she is about halfway through like a five minute ad segment on a podcast, and she's listening to my undies. <laughs> nice. <that's good. laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah, I think uh, I think a comic is is the best manifestation of it. Like, it's like the, the bit is not long enough to deserve like a comedy sketch video yeah. but i think like a two-panel comic of like wow she's so sophisticated and then how her ears is coming me on these <laughs> yeah i think you should draw one of these yeah, yeah I, I, I i'm glad you have your ipad um guy i was thinking of bashing out tonight i don't have an apple pencil with me though i have an apple pencil oh, that's, always, that's always out of battery uh no oh mm. that might be tricky then i don't think All it's gonna right, work welcome. Uh, okay, so a few things I'd like to talk about. Uh, look, I don't think we'll have a structured topic for this episode. I have a few things to talk about, and we'll see where it goes. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have a few things you want to talk about. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's pushing the boat out a little bit too much, Tamil. Uh, okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is is Instagram. So, oh, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about as well. So we'll count as my topic. Okay. Well, what did you want to say about Instagram? I think you should go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know. It's no secret that I'd like to get to 10K. I think I'm at almost 8K followers right now. But but I've kind of been thinking, like, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do with Instagram. I mean, my, my, my Instagram usage right now is if I go on holiday somewhere or if I take a nice photo, I post it as, like, an actual post. And if I see something cool or funny in real life, I will add it to my story. But I don't, like, put out content on Instagram very frequently. Uh... My man, do you create content on the regular? <laughs> <laughs> That's the issue, my man. I, I, I'm not creating Instagram content on the regular. And I'm just trying to understand, like, what's a good way to use it? I, I feel like I'm in the same position where where a lot of people are with, like, Twitter, where they're like, you know, I don't get the Twitter thing. Like, what am I supposed to do on here? And I'm like, look, man, it's going to change your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> Become a professional golfer. <laughs> yeah, so give me the spiel about what I'm, how I'm supposed to actually use Instagram. Because I'd like, I'd like to, you know, I like engaging with people, but like most of the stuff that I, that like comes into my head, I'll like tweet it. And I was thinking, oh, I guess I can just like post my tweets on my Instagram story, and like maybe that'll be interesting. And I, I don't know. Uh, I've, there, there isn't really a satisfying answer to this because just like with Twitter, people use it in different ways, right? right. There are some people that use Twitter and they have a private profile and they tweet like two hundred times a day, like literally whatever thought seems to be on their mind which is fair enough. It's a reasonable way of using Twitter. There are some people that use Twitter as, you know, a way of following One Direction. Uh, you know, there are people that use Twitter like Naval, uh, tweeting pithy uh, cookie, um, fortune cookie insights. There are different ways of using Twitter, just like there are different ways of using Instagram. Right. So if you think about what are the sorts of pages that you personally follow on Instagram? Okay, the, I, the killer Instagram pages for me are, first of all, meme pages. Mm. And I think that might be an avenue worth exploring. And then second of all, nature and animal pages. Uh, I follow a lot of nature and animal stuff, uh, particularly whales, whales and dolphins and that kind of thing. And it's just amazing, man. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but as a kid, like 
I was into animals. I've always been into animals and stuff. And like you read about whales and stuff. It's like, oh, cool. I guess whales exist. But like as an adult now, just like contemplating the fact that whales exist, it's mental. It's crazy. <laughs> not how to say those words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe that's... Mind-blowing. Uh, it's, it's mind-blowing. I'm sure we're not allowed to say that either. <laughs> um, yeah. So animal pages. And like, yeah, I'm not going to get any scenic shots of whales underwater. Okay. And do you follow any individuals? I follow some individual. Like, I mean, like apart the, from friends. Yeah. So I like followed like David Dobrik and the vlog squad. And then some people who do like action kind of stuff. Like I, I follow a bunch of di- people who do uh, diving and that like adventurous stuff and like watching them do cool tricks and things. Okay. And what value do you get out of following kind of the vlog squad and these adventure people? Uh, the vlog squad is mostly like, I feel like I'm friends with them or something. <laughs> so I ca- I just care about what's going on in their lives. Okay. Uh, the adventure people is like, whoa, that's really cool. He just did like a triple backflip off this bridge into this like lake, you know, and it's cool to see. Okay. So kind of coming back to your Instagram, what is the sort of vibe you want people to follow you for? Like if someone says, why do you follow refrigerated? (laughs) What answer do you want? (laughs) What answer would you like them to give? So here's the thing. I mean, historically, my Instagram has been a place for me to showcase my photography. And I do, I actually get decent amount of dms saying like oh my god i love your photos what what camera do you use kind of thing um but i i just don't i don't do it like often enough uh and so i don't know if that's a you know i don't want it to be a, it's just not really going to be like a photography instagram right okay yeah that was the sort of issue i had with my instagram up until i i think around about seven thousand followers uh which happened sort of early on in kind of 2018 no i think it was when i was i was living with molly it was a few months into being being a doctor where i had this this similar chat with molly i was like molly i don't know what to do with my instagram yeah at the moment i don't have a single photo of myself on it it's purely just photography stuff i tried to color coordinate my feed i try you know go drone shots from iceland and from grenada and stuff yeah and she was like well what's the point of the instagram and what i said was that well i'd like people to follow me on instagram who care about me as a person and who want to kind of see what i'm up to okay yeah Uh, and she was like well it sounds like you need to post more photos of yourself on it then if that's the case Hmm. so is that kind of where you want to head your instagram uh not particularly not particularly if you I, ignore I, the fact if you ignore the counter signaling that you're trying to do by not engaging <laughs> with instagram <laughs> i'm not trying to i'm not trying to signal that i'm cool because i don't post on instagram or anything like that but i don't i don't find it particularly interesting to like post pictures of myself on instagram uh i think yeah i think the kind of stuff that i find interesting slash entertaining it's more of, it's like the kind of stuff that I tweet about and it's like memes and, and things like that. Okay. Um, like, presumably you don't get much out of, I mean, okay, let's be real. Your Instagram is purely a business thing at this point. It's pretty much automated in, in terms of what you post, like the little clips and things. And you post a photo of yourself because you know people like it. But like, presumably you don't actually get much out of that. Out of posting a photo of myself? Yeah. I mean, I kind of do. It's, it's quite nice posting a selfie and color grading it in Lightroom and uploading it and trying to think of a caption. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then sort of contributing to the parasocial relationship, as they say. The what? The parasocial relationship. I haven't heard this. Oh, this is a term that I came up I've, I've I've been coming across a lot recently. Yeah. Um, I had dinner with a, a dude in Cambridge who is like proper internet. Uh, and what like, does that mean? As in, he, well, he was sort of making YouTube videos in like 2008 level oh, proper nice. internet yeah, yeah, and yeah. like knows like the history of YouTube and like obviously like knows all of the big creators from like 15 years ago yeah, uh, and kind of understands their journey and kind of what they're doing now. And that is sort of very plugged into the creator ecosystem. 
um and he was talking about he's he's like just got this huge interest in the parasocial relationships i.e the relationship that fans perceive they have with creators yeah yeah and to the and the extent to which creators take advantage of that relationship and the extent to which fans want the creators to take advantage of that relationship yeah 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 and so all the pokimania stuff all the kind of reply guys the, yeah, these yeah, are all yeah. parasocial relationships that form on the internet oh mate that's so interesting i've been thinking so much about this recently so what, what did he have to say about it um he was mostly dunking on it uh saying that it's dangerous and pernicious and bad okay in, in general yeah um and that uh you know his 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 concern with the internet creator culture is that people are playing into parasocial relationships with it which is unhealthy for creators and also unhealthy for the the fans who are following them why is it unhealthy i mean i i, I just view it as like form of entertainment kind of thing yeah you know, i mean so I don't, why does he think it's unhealthy i don't i don't see anything wrong with it particularly i think his point was that it's unhealthy because it's promoting a very very one-sided relationship um and I think sort of similar to how back in the day um, b- sort of these parasocial uh, parasocial cliques used to form around celebrities, but to a very different extent that they do now. It would be like, you know, Brad Pitt would be on the cover of a magazine and sort of the fangirls would like, you know, talk about Brad Pitt's life, right. but they wouldn't have actual insight into Brad Pitt's Instagram story yeah, to yeah, see yeah. what he's actually doing in yeah, his life. Yeah. And so the parasocial relationships, sort of that celebrity culture has now gone mainstream yeah, yeah. where pretty much everyone who has a certain size following has this kind of cult parasocial relationship thing going on. Mm. Um, and overall, like I, I don't think I fully agreed with him on this, but he, he just felt it was an unhealthy way to, for society to function where people are relying on the existence uh, and the nurturing of these relationships. Hmm. That's interesting stuff. Um, and you have very much, it, this, is the, this is the relationship that you have with David Dobrik and the Vlog Squad. This idea of, like, I feel like these guys are my friends and I want to I see what they're up to. They are my friends. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, I think it can definitely... I mean, obviously, it can be taken uh, too far. Yeah. It feels like it's it's unhealthy if <laughs> both parties are in disagreement about <laughs> what the relationship actually is. For example... <laughs> For example, you and David Dobrik. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both on the same page. <laughs> we're really good mates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I buy his clothes, you know? <laughs> And he makes them for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's really doing you a service by offering you the opportunity to, by offering me the opportunity to buy his merch for you. <laughs> Although annoyingly, it was 24% off like on his 24th birthday. And I ordered like a bunch of merch for us like a week before that. So Oh, you ordered a new batch of Dobrik merch, right? Yeah, I spent like 150 quid on Dobrik merch oh, <laughs> for, nice. for you and me. Good stuff. Good <laughs> it should stuff. be arriving soon. <laughs> uh, wait, where was I going? Where was I going with this? Uh, I don't have much first-hand... Like, none of my friends are super into this stuff. I think it would probably be interesting to get a 12-year-old kid's perspective on, like, you know, what is your relationship with the, with your, with the creators you follow and stuff. Because I feel like for most people who I'm friends with and most people in our sort of age bracket, you know, we haven't been injecting this into our veins <laughs> since birth, pretty much, right? Like, I remember YouTube started being cool and interesting around like 2007 2008 but it was it was sort of like nerd it was like nerd cool and interesting yeah yeah, it it, it wasn't like football team captain cool and interesting yeah yeah exactly exactly charlie creek would would have not been on youtube (laughs) who's charlie creek he was like a football team captain guy in my year oh really (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if he was captain he's just the first name that came to mind (laughs) i don't know why charlie creek came to mind (laughs) i was like you have some things to sort out (laughs) Uh, Albert Fawzi. <laughs> yeah, because I, but I remember, I remember back in the day, like the the YouTube that we kind of grew up with was like Nigger Higger, Cass MG, these kinds of people 
mostly doing like funny slash silly slash weird things and it was like oh my god this is so cool i can watch like some random person like doing the, doing these things it was like a very novel thing whereas now it's definitely a different relationship um but yeah i, I don't know i'd be curious to hear this chap's uh view on like why he thinks it's unhealthy yeah because i think it's more of like pod at some point yeah i'm sure you can take it to an extreme and like if you think that david dobrik's actually your friend i don't know maybe that's unhealthy um uh, i think it was sort of ex- he he was citing examples of this parasocial relationship gone gone wrong. Um, you might remember Christina Grimmie. She was one of the. She was like a music singer. Yeah, she was one of the cover artists who was part of Hugo Schneider's gang. Yeah. Um, and she was doing a concert in somewhere in America, and a fan got a gun and shot her, and then she died. Okay. Um, as a and he, and I think his his reasoning was that she didn't she 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 had like snubbed him in some way or another. Okay. Yeah. Um. Or or he perceived it as such and. That was an example of parasocial relationships gone wrong. Right. Um, but kind of coming back to your Instagram, how do we get onto parasocial? Oh, it was that, like, what do you want your Instagram to be? Right. What's the relationship you want people? Because like 8,000 people is a, 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 a hefty number of people. It is like, like having a few thousand followers on Instagram is not just kind of a normal person who's followed by their friends and family. Yeah, sure. It's like yeah. a, a quote public figure to an extent. Yeah, a big deal. It's a big, big deal, deal. <laughs> exactly. With a big B and a big D. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of on the fence because my general stance with things is like, I want it to be interesting and fun for me primarily. Otherwise, I won't be like keeping it real and all that stuff, right? Uh, and then if I can somehow, you know, make it interesting and fun for other people along the way, then... That's that's icing on the cake. So then, why do you care about Instagram followers? I mean, apart from to get the swipe up, which which you say will unlock a new avenue of Instagram for you. Yeah, so I I, I like engaging with people in the say in, in the way that I engage with people on Twitter. I, I quite like that, you know, tweeting out random thoughts and things like funny. I think I'd like to share more funny stuff. I, yeah, I think basically I just want to like repost memes and things on my Instagram story. Okay, I mean the, the same way that I like. So you still can without the swipe up feature. But you tend not to. No, no. So I, I, I think, I think what I actually want to do is use Instagram as like a public group chat. So the same way I use my group chats with my friends, yeah. like posting links, posting like memes and stuff like that. So you're saying you want to expand your circle of influence outside of your village <laughs> <laughs> by having an Instagram account with more than ten thousand followers? I, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that makes sense. But then, yeah, it's really like the story thing, and then my feed just will just remain this. Uh, That's okay. I mean, there's one school of thought which is that the Instagram feed is now dead. And stories are where everything is at. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think... I, I, I don't know how many people view my images, but I feel like more people view my stories than, than view my feed posts. Right, okay. For the most part. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. If you don't have any sort of specific specific goals with it other than this would be a good um, a good group chat equivalent, then you yeah. do you. Okay, cool. I think I'm going to try using it as a surrogate group chat and see how that goes. Nice. Right. So that was one thing. Wait, no, I wanted to say some more about this parasocial stuff because I have been thinking about it. Oh, mate, do you remember? Okay, I think it's it's time to whip out my laser theory. <laughs> the one that I proposed a couple of weekends ago when we were hanging out with some friends. Do you remember this? Wow. All right, fine. <laughs> I guess I'll jog your memory. So we were talking about like, all right, we weren't talking about it. I brought up <laughs> the topic of uh... like, so guys, <laughs> I've been thinking. Yeah, so it was about the whole like productivity uh productivity content creation uh cottage industry right and i have a feeling uh, uh, that tonight (laughs) (laughs) 
for a long time the thing the, the industry has not really sit and sat right with me <laughs> and i think I, 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 can, I finally managed to put my finger on why i think the reason is that it reinforces the kinds of oh i get what you get you, do you remember it now <laughs> I, I remember it now but please do elaborate <laughs> right i think if, if if you've listened to our episodes about transactional analysis it reinforces the sort of i'm not okay you're okay instinct that we all have pushing us forwards uh i think uh look i think there are some people that will watch productivity content on youtube and it'll make them more productive or something they'll get some like value out of it or whatever you know and and the people who are watching it they want to get that value out of it uh however i think underneath underneath that sort of surface level desire yeah underneath that sort of surface level desire of like i want to become more productive is a subconscious desire of and look this i this is a very colorful framing of it but i i really do think this is actually what's going on it's like this i'm i'm not okay you're okay thing where you want someone who can be like a daddy figure to basically spank you and tell you that you've been a naughty unproductive boy and that like you know i'm you know i'm really productive and you're not and <laughs> you know and and like if you read the comments on a lot of these videos a decent chunk of the highest upvoted comments are variations on the theme of like spank me daddy i've been a bad boy you know we can we can open let, let's open up uh some of your videos um no oh, my favorite part of the evening <laughs> <laughs> let's open up some of your productivity content uh and read out some of these comments just so you get an idea of it what i mean like, this sounds a lot like a parasocial relationship almost yeah yeah i think it's it's very much linked into all that stuff uh okay what would you say what, what are the hits <laughs> <laughs> what, what's like some of your big productivity videos um so there's one called how i manage my time as a doctor plus youtuber oh here we go nine tips time for, for productivity or something how like. i manage my time as a doctor plus youtuber nine yeah, that, that, that's the one nine time management tips oh nine okay cool. i shortchanged myself oh no one of them must have been a sponsor <laughs> so in my head i was thinking there were eight but actually there are nine <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> man is that right is 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 there a sponsor call to action in this video It'll I be, don't know. It'll, it'll be the first line of PN. Yeah, be, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Right. I, I think the segue I said at the start is like you know how we can most utilize our time. And speaking of time, this video is sponsored by ExpressVPN. All right, good stuff. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out. Basic. I'm not going to filter these. I'm going to read out the top comments on like. Oh, it's an infinite feed. All right, I'm going to read out the top ten comments. Okay. And I suspect at least at least four of them mm-hmm. will be of the variant spank me daddy i've been a bad boy okay <laughs> i look forward to hearing okay it. top comment number one exhibit a <laughs> exhibit a 3.5k upvotes this is the highest rate comment he is a doctor youtuber and professional piano player unclear where he got that this video straight calling me stupid with no mercy right do you agree that that's basically like oh he's he's so productive i'm so stupid kind of thing okay fine that's (laughs) that's very much a spank spank me daddy i've been a bad boy i have to agree with that one okay fine so that that was top one okay second comment uh love how love how you timestamp your videos so i can manage my time by fine very very neutral thing uh third comment at any given time uh, this is a he's quoting you at any given time of the day i'm doing what i want to be doing uh and then his like uh caption to that is seriously how many people can actually say that 
this is borderline smack mm, me daddy. I, d- I really don't think it is. Okay, fine. Maybe I'll, 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 I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, the third comment is... Uh, the fourth, you mean? What? We're on, we're on comment number four. Oh, yeah. The fourth one is uh, a bunch of, like, emojis make some joke about your hand, hand, hand movements. Oh, yeah. Classic. Uh, the fifth comment is a comment about you speaking fast. Classic. The sixth comment is about you should collab with Thomas Frank. Wonderful. The seventh comment is... He's also sponsored by skillshow.com forward slash not overthinking. Nice. Seventh comment is... Uh, some some uh, reference to some joke you made. Uh, the eighth comment is, ah, here we go. <laughs> so Finally, <laughs> they quote you saying, "I feel I have not missed out on anything by not watching The Office or Breaking Bad or Friends." Uh, and and their kind of caption to that quote is, "You have made me reconsider all of my life choices." All right. Anyway, mm. um, we'll, we'll carry on. Uh, next one is we're on uh, number nine for the record. Uh, yeah, comment number nine is. So, uh, sorry, Ali. I'm gonna have to unsubscribe to your channel because my favorite YouTuber, YouTuber told me I need to stop watching videos when I get home. Yeah, that's kind Fine, of yeah. Uh, number ten looks like he's just summarizing something about the eighty twenty rule. Oh, one of those growth hacker accounts, probably. Uh, yeah, maybe. All right, here's a funny one. <laughs> I'm not first. I'm not last. But when Ali uploads, I click fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> So, so far we've had a grand total of one. Uh, that's clearly a spank me daddy. Um, <laughs> okay, look. Equivalent. Okay, here's the thing. Like, to, yeah, for my... <clears throat> but I get, for, I, for, I get your point. Right. For, for my point to be reasonable, it's not like you need at least half the comments to be that. Sure. I think a lot of the comments are like, you know, dare I say, orthogonal to that issue. <laughs> <laughs> he says it is Patagonia jacket. <laughs> and segment.io t-shirt. <laughs> And Bloomberg pajamas. Oh, yes. <laughs> you really are just a walking stereotype, are you not? <laughs> All right, look. So a lot of the comments are completely unrelated to the the sort of, the, you know, the spectrum of like... The spectrum? Spe- <laughs> uh, yeah, the spectrum of like spank me daddy to whatever the other end of that spectrum is. Like someone just like uh, making a joke or quoting something from the video about your hand motions. It, it doesn't like add anything for or against my theory okay right yeah. and uh the the point is if you keep scrolling basically i think a noticeable number of these videos uh of these comments on these videos are of this kind of variant of like oh my god he's so productive i'm someone productive kind of thing right and i think this um this is kind of the the secret motivation for uh why why they're watching the oh. videos this is your elephant in the brain stuff okay hang on on that note would, do you think it's the equivalent phenomenon going on when you see a picture or, or when you look on a friend's Instagram, you see a photograph of uh, an attractive Instagram model and a lot of the comments are dudes saying, oh my God, she's so pretty. Wait, what? So if you look at an Instagram model's page and you look at the comments and it's like a, oh lot, of God, them, be- a lot of them are either dudes saying, oh my God, she's so, so pretty or girls being like, oh my God, she's so pretty. Why can't I be so pretty? I think some of them might be, but most of them... I mean, some of them will be, some of them will match the theme, some of them won't. Like, I think a lot of the sort of girls replying to other girls' uh, Instagram posts saying, oh my God, you're so pretty. It's like a social contract thing. Like, there's really nothing to read into it. Uh, if it's like friends doing it to friends. Oh, I, don't like, friends, I mean, like an Instagram model with like 2 million followers who's going to get like oh, okay. thousands and thousands of comments on each individual photo. A lot of those people are not their friends being like, oh my God, Sandra, you're really hot. It's going to be dudes being like, oh my God, she's so pretty or whatever. Or girls tagging their friends, being like, "Why can't I look like that?" Or you know, th- things like that, which 
I feel is borderline equivalent to the spank me daddy metaphor that you okay. that, that, that you're propagating here. <laughs> so I, it's funny you bring that up because I've often gone to the comment section of these wondering like, what the hell are people commenting? <laughs> and it's mostly not dudes. I think it's mostly like girls commenting saying like, uh, there's actually surprisingly few dudes um, commenting like, oh my god, she's so hot or whatever. I think that that would that was more of a thing on sort of. I don't know a bunch of years ago in the in the earlier days of things <laughs> that would have been more standard, but I think it's it's generally considered kind of lame <laughs> for a guy to do that uh, to. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you got to change your I've tactics. Been, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Speaking of tactics, we have a a friend of a friend. <laughs> Apparently, so oftentimes these like Instagram models will do the sort of question. <laughs> <laughs> they'll do the like you know ask me a question thing on their Instagram <laughs> this is so funny <laughs> you tell it I can't tell it without laughing we've got a friend of a friend right and as you'll know often these Instagram models will do things like post one of those Instagram questions saying ask, ask me anything now this friend of a friend the thing that he always posts on like, invariably is the question pineapples on pizza yes or no and invariably these Instagram models with thousands if not tens of thousands if not millions of followers will always reply to that like giving a very a very reasonable answer like they, they will engage with the thing and then he'll get this notification that you know this person name an instagram model um yeah whoever i wouldn't know <laughs> uh this person has responded to your to your thing and he then sort of gets really gassed sends screenshots to all, all, of, all of his group chats sends screenshots to his own instagram story because he treats it as like like a group chat it's just the perfect question <laughs> yeah i've the pineapple on pizza thing is another thing I've been mulling over ever since it became a phenomenon. I think... Um, As in the concept of it or the his working of the concept? No, no. So, I mean, there is there is the phenomenon of people putting pineapple on pizza. Then there is the social phenomenon of this being like a, a sort of, you know... A controversial issue. A controversial issue. Like how often you wash your sheets or whether you pee in the sink. Uh, yeah. I, everyone's I, got an opinion. Everyone, everyone's <laughs> got an opinion. I can tell you that. <laughs> But no, I think the pineapple on pizza thing is interesting. It's always felt a bit. It's always felt a bit off to me mm. because. And look, I'm not. I'm it's not. A, it's a bit performative, isn't it? Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I'm not much of a foodie, so like, I might be completely off base here. But I feel like people over overemphasize how much they kind of care about this issue. Um, and I mean, this is not me dunking on them. But I think the interesting thing is like, why do people want to overstate their opinion either way about pineapple on pizza or not and i think it is because generally having strong and specific opinions about something is considered kind of weird slash nerdy and the pineapple on pizza thing is a a harmless sort of uh you know issue it's a normie way of appearing weird slash nerdy uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a sort of harmless issue that gives everyone the opportunity to, you know, kind of be a bit weird and nerdy about something. I agree. I think, uh, I think in addition, there is an element of everyone wants to find their tribe. Mm. And whenever humans are together, they will find ways to separate based on kind of group affiliations. Yep. And the pineapple and pizza 
uh, tribal affiliation is one very harmless, very easy way for people to feel part of a group that, yeah. oh my God, guys, he's putting pineapple on pizza. Anyone? And then you get that moment of like two seconds where someone someone else is like, oh, that's disgusting. And you <laughs> feel like, yes, I have an ally in this group. Yeah, yeah. I think it's sort of that, that concept. Kind of like if, for example, y- you would probably be more than okay with expressing the opinion that you've never read Harry Potter. Sure. Which would be a generally sort of harmless but divisive thing to say, depending on what group you're yeah. in. Yeah. Oh my god, you've never. Yeah, heard exactly. Of, I've only watched the films. You've only watched the film. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's just. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I think. Yeah. A, what you're doing there is you're injecting a little bit of banter into the into the into the group group setting, which is yeah. what people are doing with the pineapple situation. Yeah. And B, you're also doing a tribal affiliation thing. You know, consciously or not. Yeah. Uh, okay. Back back on track to the theory. Um, just to restate the theory, I think the, uh, oh yeah, I, the elephant in the brain link, uh, I think is definitely there. So a couple of episodes ago, you read this book called The Elephant in the Brain about how our true motives are actually very different to the surface level motives that we tell ourselves and that we, we think we're doing things for. Uh, I think the surface level motive why people watch these videos on YouTube is, I would like to be more productive. And that's not to say that they don't want to be more productive. They definitely do want to be more productive. However, the thing that sub- subconsciously keeps them coming, black, c- coming back to these is the fact that they can get sort of, a, a, they can reinforce their I'm not okay, you're okay position by seeing someone who uh, is in some sort of position of authority and sort of highlights the fact that they are unproductive or bad or naughty or whatever. Hmm. Uh, that they're looking for someone to basically... Um, yeah, be, be their daddy to to use the metaphor. That's the theory. And look, you can you can look at these comments. I think a surprising number of comments reinforce that. And this is why the whole thing has not su- sit sat. What's the right way to sit and write with me? <laughs> does does uh, not sit right with me. <laughs> I think sitting is the way forward. <laughs> it sits not right with me. <laughs> right, the whole thing doesn't sit right with me for that reason because i think it reinforces this kind of really kind of sort of unhealthy nefarious thing in people and i think there's definitely a natural tendency to to seek out people who seem to have the answers to seek out people who seem to be better than you to seek out people who seem to have some authority and to want them to like you know spank you (laughs) maybe it's just me So, so, so the reason I brought up the Instagram model um, scenario is because I wonder if this is just your spack me daddy metaphor in the productivity sphere is just a, a subset of the wider um, issue of, for example, beauty standards and body standards. And, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. People who are wanting to lose weight will look at, will see these kind of, I don't know, all these supposedly trashy magazines where people have lost weight on the front covers and like, oh my God, how is she so slim? Yeah. You know, we all know people who are like, would, would see someone who's slim on TV and would be like, oh my God, you know, screw her, she's so slim. Right. That sort of thing. I feel it's a similar kind of, uh, a similar kind of thing that people are getting at. Um, what A person who I've heard multiple people comment about is Nigella Lawson about look at her she's so perfect she's thin she makes good food her house is always in in in, in order like oh screw this girl but like but like in sort of a jokey way like right, they're not yeah. entirely being serious but i think i i wonder if that's tapping into the same undercurrent of spank me daddy <laughs> let me have a think about that i think it is i think there 
it's a related phenomenon, but it doesn't quite feel the same to me. Um, just let me have you think about this. Like the, the Instagram models thing. So what you're saying on the productivity front is that one, one of the reasons why productivity content is, has a certain level of popularity is because people enjoy seeing someone who is supposedly more authoritative or better than them at a certain thing yep. that they want to be better at. Um, but instead of just taking away the practical actionable tips about being better at that thing, people get some sort of kick out of seeing someone who is so far ahead of them in this particular sphere. Someone who yes. seemingly has their life together. It becomes a, a case of my life is so crap. This person's life is so amazing. Um, potentially similar to how, uh, you know, the, the, the phrase misery loves company. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And sort of when friends will get together, you'll find that sort of often there can be this dynamic where uh, everyone in the group is sort of vying for the position of kind of woe is me well, yeah. Exactly, yeah exactly <laughs> you know i've i've got it worse than everyone else oh yeah, yeah, look yeah. at how ain't, bad ain't it my awful, life ain't it awful, yeah. yeah ain't it awful <laughs> that's the game they're playing yeah um yeah i think it's definitely look i think it's related to all of these things but i think the productivity thing is a important special case because it's it's a lot more nefarious right so like with the for example with sort of unrealistic beauty standards it's no secret you know every everyone knows you know when you look at one of these ads it's like, wow, they're in such good shape. You know, I'm not in good. Like, you don't look at those ads thinking that, man, this is going to help me get in better shape. You know, that there's no pretense about what's going on. Don't you? What? Wait, which 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 ads are you talking about? Which ads are you talking about? I'm saying like any kind of generic. You mean like the men men's men's health magazine with this like ripped dude on the front? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Where the where the headline is literally. 10 tips to get six pack out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's reading that, not for the yeah. or, or you know. 10 tips to be like Chad. Yeah. <laughs> um I okay, look, I don't know I don't know the psyche there. Let me uh yeah, maybe it's related. Uh but it doesn't feel quite the same. Let me let me read out something. So Okay, so one of the reasons why I'm I'm immediately taking issue with your theory is because you're the way you're positioning it as is as this is something that I feel other people are doing. You know, I understand. And so, and so if you can, and so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to think in my own life, because I can only really speak for myself, yeah, yeah. of examples in which I might potentially fall into the spank me daddy trap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I'm, I'm thinking one of those might be watching someone like, you know, work out with Zac Efron, like those types of videos. Yeah. But then I'm thinking that actually I don't feel any sense of, oh my God, Zac Efron has really good six pack apps. Oh, and I'm, I'm still, I'm a fat slob. Like, right. I, I, I really don't feel a sense of that. Yeah. It's more like, oh, he's working out with uh, Nina Dobrev. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like with the fitness thing, yeah, I wouldn't really look at someone doing a fitness tutorial and think, man, I'm so... I'm so like unfit and he's so fit and like he's he's like better than me or whatever. I mean we can look at some comments. Look, basically a noticeable number of comments on productivity videos are of the spank me daddy variant. Um if we look at if we look at Athlean's comments, it's just not I think I think Athlean has significantly less of a parasocial relationship than certain types of productivity content. For example, I would for example, someone like Athelian, when he's giving sort of five five tips to boost your triceps or something like that. Yeah. I don't think many people are watching that and thinking, I, c- I can relate to this guy. This is like one of my one of my dudes. Yeah. I think if someone like me does a productivity tips video, uh, okay. any 
any Asian male, potentially Asian female, of a few years younger than me and younger will will feel some 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 level of relate like relatability mm. to this kind of thing and so yeah. it's like a, oh lol you know you're the all of the brown aunties dream child or something sure, like that which sure. i i don't think <coughs> that's necessarily a case of spank my daddy i think it's just a case of being able to relate to someone and then writing a comment a, ah, okay. a, a funny comment that that you know lots of people will get on board with that's interesting yeah i think i think you're right about like the fitness channels are different because they're not you know, they're not portraying a lifestyle. They're not, like, selling a lifestyle. No, they're not selling their life. They're selling specific tips. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're selling, like, you know... <laughs> Supplements. <laughs> Supplements, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, whereas, like, again, on the face of it, you're selling productivity tips. But I think what you're really selling is, like, look at how cool my life kind of is. And that's kind of a big part of why people are watching these mm. things. Uh, and because it also seems like... It also seems like it's sort of within reach. It's like, well, just a kid who went to university and, you know, has a computer and stuff. Like, you know, I, I could, I could do that or something, right? Whereas, you know, Athlean X is. I mean, <laughs> I don't relate to him in the slightest. <laughs> I watch his videos. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. So look, let me let me read out an anecdote from, of course, an Eric Weinstein podcast uh, that touches on the same topic. Right. So I'm actually I have a page about this general theory of mine in in rome and i have some notes that i made after listening to this eric weinstein podcast so in one of his podcasts and we'll dig it up and link it below it's i mean all of his podcasts are good he says that he 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 talks about these sort of wealth porn articles that you see in the new york times and stuff where it's basically an article about how disgustingly rich some people are about and and you know there are a bunch of these and it's a really bizarre genre but it's like like there was one recently that was doing the rounds on twitter of like how to uh, basically really rich people have two homes they have the city home and then they have the like the the country getaway home (laughs) and apparently you know a lot of these people want to stay more long term in their country away home because of the quarantine and all that stuff but it's a bit of an adjustment for them, <laughs> you know, to spend a long period of time at the second home kind of thing. And there's a whole article about this. And the point of these articles is to give you a feeling of like, give you a feeling of like both pity and envy. Pity of like, oh my God, these people are absolutely d- disgusting. Like, come on, you think this is a problem? <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then there's the envy of like, damn, <laughs> they're pretty rich though. <laughs> <laughs> that two-door fridge freezer <laughs> right and so the, these articles induce like pity and envy uh from the people who read them and he and eric says that there's a similar thing that goes on with popular physicists so people like neil degrasse tyson and stuff where their whole shtick is to say stuff that sounds clever and mind-blowing so that other people can be like whoa man he's so smart that's like whoa i have no idea how you know the cat is dead and alive man physics is crazy that kind of reaction right Mm -hmm. um and yeah so like the the sort of popular physicist induces a sense of whoa that's so like cool uh and a sense of like whoa that guy's so smart and I i i couldn't possibly be and uh i think eric does a really good job in describing this as an abusive relationship because it's kind of like a bit of positive and a bit of negative that keeps you stuck in the loop. It's like the positive of like, whoa, the universe is actually pretty wonderful or whatever. And then it's like, man, 
I couldn't possibly fathom it. Uh, and Eric is annoyed at the popular physicist because any decent educator would know that if you really want to explain these concepts, that's not the way to do it. You know, if you really want to explain a concept, the way to do it is not to say a statement that's obviously not true, like the cat is dead and alive. You know, by most people's definitions of cat is dead and alive, that that doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> and yet these people are doing it because it elicits this kind of reaction of like, you know, whoa, so smart. I have no idea how this works kind of thing. And I feel like it's the same thing with the, it's a similar kind of abusive relationship mm. with the productivity porn, hustle porn kind of stuff where it's like, whoa, it's got so productive. And like, oh man, I, I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you've already been working on that one, haven't you? <laughs> it, it came from the heart. <laughs> well, that was very natural. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, I agree. I think that's definitely an element of that. I th- so I think, I think abusive relationship is a good, good way to describe it. I think it's. I think it is exactly the same phenomenon that Eric is describing about the wealth porn and about the physics porn. I think it's there's some relations to the stuff that you talked about, like the you know, like models on Instagram. But well, here's the other thing about the models on Instagram, right? Okay, look, it's not really my area of expertise. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's the party line, anyway. <laughs> I've seen your Instagram. I wouldn't know why people. <laughs> No, uh, look, I, I don't really, no, I'm not going to claim to understand the mentality there because I, I don't really sort of engage in that too much. You, you do, you, I think you do more so than I do. So maybe, wow. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be a private matter table. <laughs> Gosh, public private life separation. Uh, right. But I mean, I think if it's a, if it's a guy following like a hot girl Instagram, right, it's a very different thing to a girl following a hot girl Instagram. Right? If you're a guy, you're looking for some eye candy on your feed. And you're not going to feel a sense of like, oh my God, she's in much better shape than I am. <laughs> like, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. So, Damn, all right. a few weeks ago, I probably, I think I think I mentioned on the pod that I had started unfollowing all of the hot girls on my Instagram. <laughs> so apologies if you're still being followed and you're, and you're listening to this. And honestly, the reason why is that because... <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the best jokes yet <laughs> thank you um honestly the reason why is because i'd be scrolling through my instagram and sort of once you see one hot girl and they're with their friends and you <laughs> and, and then you click on it and then you tag and then you see another one and then she ends up being a hot girl and they're with their friends and stuff like in a way it creates this internal feeling of sadness <laughs> i'm like i i could never you know exactly <laughs> yeah I, I, I could never have friends like <laughs> i could never have friends right um and it was that <laughs> is it's that in it's that in, <laughs> internal feeling of sadness that always led to me then in a way in a almost like a masochistic loop right yeah continuing to be like oh suggested accounts right click on that one two million followers oh yeah she's really pretty <laughs> yeah you know uh send a cheeky dm to the relevant friends who would appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. appreciate a certain, a certain aesthetic as it, is, <laughs> uh, as it were and i just felt like overall it wasn't really it was a very uninspiring thing like for example if i see freaking zach efron and, and a six-pack on instagram i'm not feeling sad i'm feeling motivated to pump out some press-ups and pull-ups and stuff okay. if i see sort of the equivalent uh <laughs> instagram female model right i'm not feeling motivated to do anything at all instead i'm just <laughs> feeling oh what is my life i'm just gonna keep scrolling okay um and so, 
And so I think in a way that's sort of in, in, in my mind is the closest thing, thing that I can think of that comes close to this in a way, the spank me daddy metaphor that you're peddling. No, it's not the same thing. I think that's a completely different. I think that's a very interesting and uh, very candid of you to admit, admit to this on the podcast. Um, but it's, it's not the same thing at all. I think in the, in the sort of, look, the, the feeling you're describing, and look, I can relate, I think basically everyone can relate, is like, wow, she... <laughs> Here we go. Wow, she dumb. <laughs> Shoddy dumb. She fucking stupid. <laughs> Shoddy stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this is a... This is a... <laughs> This is a reference to a really funny comedy sketch video by a guy called Stevie Emerson. I'll uh, I'll definitely link it. It's so funny. <laughs> all right, all right. To, to, to summarize the phenomenon you're describing, it is: wow, that girl is so attractive. I am not attractive, and a girl like that would never be attracted to me. That's and and then that leads to some sadness, right? That's what you're describing. Correct. I can relate. <laughs> Everyone can relate. Hit the, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> right. I think that's a different thing. That's like... And and you don't think a comment saying this video straight up called me stupid for 20 minutes straight is equivalent to, wow, that guy's so productive. I'm so unproductive. I'm never going to be that productive. No, Therefore, I'm sad. No, no, no. Look, I, I just think that like the sort of mating sphere is a, is, a a, is a special case where like everyone has separate issues there uh, compared to everything else. Like the, 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 the she's so attractive and I'm not that attractive it's an inst- it's like as I'm querying what's the difference between that and she's so productive I'm not productive right no I, th- I think it's different because I, th- I think like uh, it's definitely different all right let sure. me tell you why let me tell you why yeah by all means hmm. all right here's the thing here's why <clears throat> to use the not I, I'm you know I'm okay you're okay kind of language here I think the the not okay that you feel in the sexual sphere there's a sort of insecurity of like I can't attract a mate kind of thing or like I can't attract this kind of mate. You know, that insecurity I think is, yes, here it is. I think you can on the whole feel okay. You can on the whole feel like I'm okay. And you can still feel the kind of sexual insecurity of I can't attract a high value mate because the mating game is, is just like a a well-defined thing of like, this is what makes someone attractive you're not that and this other person is that and so i think it's a it's a very well-defined game in which you know you lose whereas the productivity thing it's not a well-defined game at all it's very leaky it leaks into all the other aspects that would go into whether or not you feel okay or not okay i think like it's just okay but basically i feel like in life there's the like there's the like mating game and then there's the everything else and, uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting way of framing the world right no but like you're saying that the mating game is a different kind of game to most of the other games that we play yeah and look this is not game in the transactionality yeah, sense sure. of game but like game that, in like that, the that tech per- bro sense of game that that particular like sphere of things i think is like a kind of like a standalone thing and now people will be like actually no everything in life is about sex or whatever you know <laughs> that that kind of thing fine maybe it is i don't know but i feel like uh this yeah, the, the sadness that you feel from that kind of thing is a very, it's a very narrow sadness. It's like a sadness of like, 
yeah, I, I think that's that. That I think that that's what I think the reason is. It's like a very, it, it, it's an, it's a narrow kind of. It's a sadness that's confined to the domain of mating. Yes, yeah, you're not, you're not going to like then conclude. You know, you see some hot Instagram model that's way out of your league. You're not going to then, then conclude, conclude that your life is worth. I'm a waste of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a waste of life, and I should give up. <laughs> Whereas you think if you're going to, if you watch a productivity, uh, uh, an alleged productivity guru's video, you, you you would be more likely to conclude, I'm not this productive, therefore I'm a waste of life. Yes, hundred percent, because of the you know satanic workism, you know whatever you want to call it. The you know I don't want to say capitalism because I think it's overused as like a catch-all term, but there's a general narrative around like your self worth is tied to your economic productivity. There's de- definitely very much that kind of narrative. And you and you think that's more of a narrative than the narrative of your self worth is tied to your sexual market value. I feel like more. I feel like m- more people in the population as a whole would would empath would sympathize with the sexual market value rather than with the. <coughs> I, I I think it is a very specific demographic of, demographic of, of people that um, would put the uh, the um, hustleism above mainstream <laughs> kind of consumerism to try and be more attractive. I think both things are tapping. Like I see, I see what you're saying about the uh, spank me daddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think both of them t- tap into. The only, the only reason I'm saying that is because I get like I like if I'm scrolling through the right person's <laughs> photos on Instagram, I will get a sense of a, a certain perverse kick out of out of doing that for the sadness that I feel that I yeah. can't live up to that ideal. Yeah, and I think probably that's similar to the perverse kick that people might feel when watching. I don't know ruby granger's productivity videos and feeling like oh my god she's so productive i couldn't i couldn't possibly ever live ever live up to that hmm. yeah maybe it's maybe it's the same phenomenon maybe if anyone's listening to this and you feel that phenomenon in any domain please do send us a voice note <laughs> to hi at notoverthinking.com i think we can just call these people out who write these <laughs> spank me daddy comments so <laughs> <laughs> uh, james <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> hmm okay so i mean eric's thing I don't have a parasocial relationship with Eric. <laughs> well, we actually interacted once in a clubhouse room. We had a brief chat. What's going on with clubhouse? Is clubhouse still a thing? I think it's still a thing. I haven't, I haven't used it for a bit. But I feel like this stuff people talk about for two weeks, like, like Warzone. Like I haven't heard about Warzone for, for months now. Is Warzone still a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Is Fortnite still a thing? Because I feel like I haven't heard about Fortnite since Warzone came out. And it seems like the, the, there's some other thing that Ninja was going on about the other day. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Light something. Um... Uh, there's some uh, some like new game that everyone that's all that's all the craze. Oh, really? Man, the internet just moves on. <laughs> so yeah, fast. I mean, I think there's a cycle of like talking about something, and then there's a cycle of like, for example, you probably haven't heard of Pokemon Go since 2016 when everyone was playing it, but they basically made like 100 million dollars in one day uh, selling tickets to a virtual event a few days ago or something. Like Pokemon Go is a huge deal; it's an absolutely massive deal. It's just that no one's talking about it anymore. Yeah, the conversations around it do not happen kind of in the mainstream. I think Clubhouse uh, has, I think it's t- people are still very, very active on Clubhouse. So um, you and Eric are our friends then? <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. When's, anyway, he, like, uh, when's he appearing on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that would be killer. That would be killer. Uh, I feel like we haven't gone to the bottom of this, man. Like, do you think, so Eric describes two similar phenomenons in the sphere of wealth porn and physics porn. Do you feel like that's the same thing? Um, I liked the the point about it being partly partly sympathy and partly envy um because 
again, and I don't like to uh, sort of opine about the uh, mental states of others. Sure. Unless I can sort of fully relate sure. to that experience. Yeah. Was with, the, with that caveat, there is a brand of anti-productivism uh, uh, propaganda, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as it were, that says, huh, all these people that worship at the altar of productivity, these people are misguided. Life is about smelling the flowers. Life isn't about economic productivity. Right. That general kind of spiel. Okay. And I feel like the people who have that view will watch productivity content partly with a, with a feeling of sympathy ah. and partly with a feeling of envy. Ah. And so the people that I, I, I recently put out a sort of my insanely productive morning routine video. I shouldn't have used the word insane. That was bad. Um, but like insanely being in all caps, which was, it, it was actually designed to be a parody of American Psycho, which has like a famous stupidly kind of morning routine. Like this psychopath yeah. is going through their morning routine and talking about, and, and then I go to my mirror and then I shave and then it gets the hair off of my face. And that tells me that I'm ready to face the day. Right. You know, that kind of vibe, which was the vibe of my productivity video. About half the people watching it got the fact that the whole thing was a joke and a piss take. Yeah. The other half of people didn't. And the comments from the other half of people were generally, were generally sort of uh, this vibe of, I pity you because you, yeah, are, yeah. you are clearly misguided and worshipping at the altar of productivity, yeah, yeah. completely missing the fact that this whole entire thing was a joke. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a similar kind of relationship to the wealth porn that you see. The productivity porn has that double, yeah, double angle yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really interesting point. That is an interesting point. And I imagine those people got a massive kick out of writing those comments. I imagine that was a lot of fun. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Um, I wonder... It's not the same thing, man. It's a different thing. Just admit it. <laughs> I've, had, I've kind of had, 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 had another thought. So if I'm watching, for example, a comedy show like Would I Lie to You? Mm. And okay. Okay. Lee Mack comes out with an absolute <laughs> banger. Yeah. Part of me feels that was really good. Another part of me feels, oh, why can't that be that funny? <laughs> and that is, it's that perfect combination of pleasure and pain that keeps me coming back for more and then the next time around i'll challenge myself right no 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 i see i see how he got that like next time around i'm gonna see the reference i could have done that i could have said that I'm, I'm gonna think of it in my head yep. and then he comes out with another one like oh my god <laughs> and it's this vicious cycle that continues no that's not the same thing i mean look i'm not saying it's the same thing i'm saying okay it's yeah, yeah i think orthogonal that, that, is, that is a phenomenon um but i yeah i, I think that's a an interesting bit of candy you've thrown into the mix but i think it is yeah, not a, not really like a proper issue. Like I don't think it's part of like this this thing, right? No, it's it's, it's not a spank me daddy uh, thing. As in, the reason I bring all of these up is because all of these different circumstances, to my mind, feel somewhat similar sure. to the uh, to to what I imagine you are uh, hypothesizing that some people feel when they watch certain brands of productivity videos. Yeah, despite you or I not being able to relate to the spank me daddy feeling when it comes to specifically the realm of productivity videos. And I'm wondering if the yeah if it's actually all just the, the the same phenomenon, but because you personally haven't experienced it, you're ascribing spank me daddy intentions to other people that you have no insight into the mental mental states of. Okay, yeah. Let me try and think of when I've um, wanted to be spanked, as it were. I wonder if you. Okay, so I'll talk about uh, I will I'll talk about myself first, and then I'll say uh, an, an arena in which I think you do the same thing. Oh, okay. So I am often more than open about the fact that i'm not very good at cooking okay and when i mention 
or and and I'm also very open, generally more than open about the fact that I tend not to wash my my bed sheets very often. Okay. Uh, and when that's brought up in a certain group of people, similar to pineapple, uh, pineapple and pizza scenario, people will have strong opinions about this one way, one way or another. Okay. Usually the other. Right. Um, I think you historically have been open about the fact that uh, you <laughs> we in the sink. At university, I used to pee in the sink. Okay, good. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and any time. And I and and you were more than okay to mention this conversation, and it would result in essentially a spank me daddy situation. What? <laughs> <laughs> for for example, when I say that oh, I'm not very good at cooking, I just I just kind of kind of live off takeaways. In a way, I'm inviting people to spank me in that in that situation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say I don't wash my wash my sheets or I wash my sheets once 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 a year, I'm inviting people to spank me. Okay. When you were saying you pee in the sink, you were literally inviting people to spank you. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, Tamer, what the hell's wrong with you? You're a waste of space. And, and you get a kick out of that, just like I get no, a kick out. Oh of- no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. My peeing in the sink game is a classic game of now I've got you, son of a bitch. Just like oh. the I think incest is okay game. Because it's something I've I've spent some time thinking about, and I have an airtight defense of peeing in the sink and incest within the f- sexual liberation framework that we're kind of in nowadays. You know <laughs> <laughs> that, like, yeah, yeah. I I agree that something is a foot, but the thing that is a foot is that <laughs> I know the I know the mate in four <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, it's not me. <laughs> Why does he get spanked? <laughs> okay, fine. It's just it's just me then. <laughs> wait see when you bring up the fact that you're bad at cooking you, you uh part of that is i know the mate in four for that as well um which is about the the associated value of time and and, and, all, and all that kind of stuff which okay. is my defense for not being very good at cooking okay. but partly it's because i welcome i welcome the the the, the inevitable spanking <laughs> that will ensue as a result of me openly admitting that i'm not very good at cooking nah that's a different kind of spanking that is the same I mean, that's kind of like the the similar trolling you do about not knowing popular cultural references and stuff like that, right? Yeah, sure. It's that kind of trolling. Um, so I think it's a different kind of spanking. It's not. It's not a spanking that's actually going to make me feel sad about my life. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like uh, it's a harmless spanking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to leave any permanent bruises. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you remember we used to get spanked at school in uh, in the Susu when we? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a good boy, so I I never got spanked on the bum. Only once on the on the knuckles. Hmm. I don't know if you used to get spanked on the bum. I feel like you were a fairly good boy as well. Not by the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so good. How does he do it? <laughs> How does he do it? Uh, basically, we we, uh, we spent the first few years of our life in uh, a country called Lesotho in Southern Africa. And uh, yeah, there was some like light physical punishment if you were naughty or whatever. And there were like <clears throat> the consistently naughty kids who... Yeah, they, they got spanked, man. <laughs> I can't say any other way. <laughs> they got spanked with the with the meter rule, the wooden meter rule, <laughs> or sometimes the feather dust, or that yeah, the handle of the feather dust. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good place to end this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel like we haven't gotten to the bottom of this. I will do some more thinking. This is a look. This is a uh, a seedling of a theory of mine. I unveiled it a couple of weeks ago in a trusted circle of friends uh, where you were present. I think it needs some thought, but I think there's something there. Yeah, I think there's something there. I think there's something there. All right, cool. I just had a few other things to touch on. Dude, it's half past midnight. Come on, man. Okay, fine. Continue. The first is our perceptions of distance. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you know this one? No. All right. Basically, if you live in the UK, 
a drive of an hour or longer is a long drive. You know, if someone lives two hours away from you, you're going to see them once a year or something. In California, a drive of an hour is basically the minimum. You're always driving at least an hour to go anywhere. And a drive of two to four hours is your idea of fun to get out of the city on a weekend. And every couple of weekends, you may well be driving two to four hours to somewhere to go hiking or whatever. It's a very normal thing to drive that distance. Whereas in the UK, because it's just much smaller, the perceived sort of cost of driving these distances is very different. And I think it's nuts. So last weekend, I drove to Oxford to meet up with some friends. And how long was the drive? Like less than an hour and a half or something. And in my head, that was like, oh man, I have to drive all the way to Oxford. (laughs) (laughs) Woe is me. Woe is me kind of thing. But it was sick. I listened to an audiobook. I I basically finished almost a, a whole audiobook in the car. It was like really good reflection time for me because I don't have a commute these days. And so like it was sort of alone time sitting in a car just like thinking about stuff. The thing is that when, we, when we're doing the calculus in our head of like, should I tra- travel this distance? We tend to see the driving time as like a purely, as a pure cost. It's like, mm-hmm. oh man, that's three hours of my life. I'm not going to get back. It's actually a gain. It's like, you know, with audiobooks and podcasts or whatever, Worst case scenario is you'll be you know, listening to something cool and interesting and then just time for reflection or whatever, right? And so I am, uh, I'm going to make an effort to do more of these trips. So this weekend, tomorrow, in fact, uh, I'm going up to Birmingham, which is like two, under two hours. It's like an hour and a half again, an hour and 40 minutes or something to hang out with a friend and see some family. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the car ride. <laughs> I'm listening to a great audiobook right now called, let me get you the name. White Fragility. No called a distant mirror the calamitous 14th century it is uh, a book about life in the 14th century so called, it's, it's a book about history it's a history book uh, those are like two of your least favorite things <laughs> yeah <laughs> history and book <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've come a long way no here's the thing i i'm pretty pissed about history education at school I thought history was the most boring subject in school. I think I've, I've done this rant before on the podcast. We learned about freaking Mott and Bailey castles. And we learned about how Harold got shot in the eye with an arrow or something like that. And it just seemed, it was just so boring and irrelevant. Where, but now I, I think history is actually super interesting. A, it's just like cool stories. But B, this thing, the, the thing I'm reading, A Distant Mirror, is an account of what it's like to be a particular person. I can't remember the guy's name. He hasn't actually been introduced yet. But like, it's an account of like, you are this guy. This is what your life looks like in the 14th century kind of thing. And so it's like, uh, yeah, it's an insight into the human condition, man. It's like connecting with your fellow man. It's like so cool. Apparently there are some historical fiction books that are on the, that are in this vein. Um, yeah, this is one of them. Yeah, oh, so it's like, a fiction book. I mean, but, but they, sort of okay, based on th- real world this scenarios. person existed. Yeah. This life... I mean, look. Okay, right. It's not the yeah. the the author might be saying like you know, and then and then he did this or something, and like he didn't literally do that on that day, but like you piece together all the sources and stuff, and you can paint a picture of what this person's day to day life might have looked like. Okay, yeah. So there's a few a few similar books that I I have been recommended that 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 are on my TBR uh, to be read, which are sort of like that, but they would take for example the 15th century and sort of like. A traditional fantasy book would they follow the arc of multiple characters one would be a okay. peasant one would be a farmer one yeah, would be a yeah, queen yeah. and eventually the characters would like meet and stuff but it would be based on what the actual stuff happened in real life 
That's pretty cool. Um, how is how is this one so far? It's pretty interesting. It's pretty dense, man. Like usual audiobook. Like the past few audiobooks I've listened to have been like ten hour reads or something. Like on audible sense, like how, 10 long, hours. how long is this? Thirty hours. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so it's it's long. And <laughs> oh, <tamo. laughs> And the reason I um yeah the thing I don't like about trying to learn about history is that there's just so many names, man. There's so many names of places of people. And so I've just like resigned myself to like, look, I'm going to zone out a decent amount of the time when she's talking about names. She's talking about stuff that I'm not actually that interested in. Um, and then I'm going to be zoning back in when the action happens. For example, a topic that came up on my run this morning, this evening was... You've been running? I went on a run. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was the attitudes towards children. Funnily enough, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> or children. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Attitudes towards, attitudes towards them specifically. <laughs> yes. That's a party line. <laughs> yeah, so attitudes towards children. And look, I have this whole thing. I have a, a page in my second brain uh, about like this topic of like, I think people are mean to kids kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, the general gist was that like people weren't that nice to kids in the 14th century. They didn't take them seriously. They weren't like, yeah. Anyway, uh, I brought that up. Driving. Oh, yeah, the driving thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if you live in a, yeah, if you live in a place where you have a strangely warped sense of the cost of traveling certain distances, I think you should try and think about that and do it more often. And I think there's just something to be said of like, the, look, the physical distance just changes the vibe, man. Like the friends who I hang out, hang out with in Oxford, if they happen to be here in London or something and we were just hanging out, it would be different, man. It's not like a day trip there's a day trip vibe there's like a you know there's like a proof of work vibe you know of like <laughs> i've gone this distance to like hang out with you and this is a momentous thing rather than like you know yeah let's let's like grab a coffee mate yeah i think like as as soon as i discovered podcasts in like 2016 probably I suddenly just completely transformed car journeys because previously i used to consider train journeys as being like a gain overall. Yeah, yeah, I can do stuff on the because train. Because I, I can get stuff done on the train. Like yeah. it's basically like like time travel. <laughs> right. <laughs> you start at one place, you end up in another place, and you've actually yeah, you haven't lost any time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas cars were like pure pure time wasting because I'd, I'd only I'd only listen to music. But as soon as discovered podcasts, now cars are such car journeys are such a net positive in my life. Right. And so commuting an hour to work and back every day, <laughs> like I've been doing for the last like two well, one year, I I don't even notice that that time is gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, that, and so this idea of, of doing lots of kind of car car journeys was partly why i uh, prompted the purchase of a new car ah um, are you gonna unveil it here on the podcast or not um nah save it for the video save it for the video um but because m my car at the moment is sort of on its last legs it's done like one hundred eighty thousand miles it, it breaks down every 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 few weeks but it's just it's still a, a generally very pleasant car to drive and so what i was thinking is that so earlier today i was invited to a work barbecue which would have required driving for 50 minutes back and 50 minutes the other way. And I sort of got 10 minutes into the journey and it was pouring down with rain and I was like, I don't know if this is actually going to go ahead. And I made the decision to kind of turn around and do something productive at home. I like film a video, which I ended up doing. But I was thinking if I had a car that was more of a pleasant experience, I would have actually done the extra, gone oh, the okay. extra, <laughs> extra 80 miles yeah. <laughs> um, and attended this barbecue. And I, I suspect I probably would have been glad I put the effort into, into doing it. Equally, I've got lots of friends from university who I've sort of, well, I'm still in touch with, but I don't see as often as I'd like to, purely because they live an hour away from me. Yeah, yeah. And so I, f I think that if the experience of driving has become such a positive, 
it actually encourages that yeah. good habit, which involves which involves keeping in touch with friends. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The the insight I've had again, like through listening to an audiobook driving, is that Malcolm Gladwell is really good. <laughs> oh, mate, what are you listening to? I'm, I'm listening to Talking to Strangers. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's, it's it's amazing. Like, but it's 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 amazing from a writing craft point of view. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the first chapter he makes one point. In the second chapter he makes one point. In the third chapter like, he he makes one point per chapter. But he dresses it up in such an interesting narrative that, like, this is a nonfiction book about <laughs> connecting with with strangers and how we can't see across the, the the gulf of like you know white and black, liberal, conservative, etc. But the stories he tells are just so freaking good. And he like sets the scene and talks about kind of this thing that happened in the CIA and this Cuban spy and how there was a double agent involved and really goes into it all ultimately to make the point that. Why, why, why can't we tell when people are lying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's just so clever. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this guy knows his stuff. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's a real master of uh, of storytelling. But he gets uh, he gets criticism for it because yeah, I can imagine he's so, he's so popular that it's cool to hate on him now. I think it's I think it, there is an element of it's cool to hate on him, and there's also an element of like he could just be tricking you and you wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that that it could be that brushing should, up <laughs> should be a concern basically. Yeah, and I think. That's like the criticism he, he receives. Uh, you can find a four-part series on my blog where I uh, have made notes on his masterclass, which we won't talk about too much about because they're not sponsoring us. Uh, <laughs> they actually have an affiliate program. Really? I've, I've, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking at some point when I've run out of content ideas for YouTube videos, I'll just go through all the masterclasses and do like a book club series, but you know, s- summarizing insights from each masterclass in my own words. That's killer, yeah. And linking to the affiliate thing in the, in the video description. Yeah. Um, I, I do think masterclass is great. There was a period about a year ago where I was listening to like masterclass as like premium podcasts almost. Hmm. Uh, it's just really cool. They're just really good podcasts. <laughs> yeah, if you just listen to them. Um, yeah, Gladwell's sick. That's really cool. Um, maybe we can do a, a yeah. book, book episode on that once you're done. Oh yeah, good job. All right, there were a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. It hasn't been that long, mate. All right, wait, just give me a sec. Look, I think you should write these down. We save them for next time. <laughs> I had an insight. Okay. What's your oh, insight? mate. So funny. All right. So my social, my main social interaction this week. He sounded almost like Rafe. Rafe, you know, uh, Josh Barry comedy. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, blow, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, mate. <laughs> Just had a great insight. Yeah. <laughs> we'll link to Josh Barry as well. Man, the comedy scene is so good. Like the, the sort of Instagram and YouTube comedy scene. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. All right. Okay, he had a dinner party at the, the London flat this week with, uh, there was six. Wow. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Blue Joe. <laughs> there were six uh, attendees, and one of them had the funniest and most interesting anecdote. So we were talking about, like, uh, you know, the conversation turned to, like, cancel culture and stuff for a bit. And uh, one of the guys, one of the guys said that there's a funny thing that happens at his work. Basically, they use a, a program called Slack to uh, communicate internally. And on Slack, you can do emoji reactions to things. If someone like writes a message, you can give them like a an emoji thumbs up or any emoji you want, right? And he said that, you know, someone, uh, he said that in his head, there's a bit of like, you know, all right, I want to give the thumbs up emoji, but like, what color do I go for? So like, he, he's a white guy, but he goes for the, he goes to the default, the yellow one. <laughs> but there's another guy who's a white guy in the company who, who goes for the white one. <laughs> And and my friend, the white guy, feels really weird about that because internally, instead, he's thinking, wow, what a racist, what a white supremacist. What's he choosing the white emoji for? 
was, and then I thought to myself, man, that's actually so interesting because if I if I saw like a a brown guy choose a brown emoji or a black guy choose a a black emoji, I think. Yeah, more power to you, brother. Let's uh, let's find the good fight. But if I saw a white guy choose the white version, I'd be like, whoa, what's hold up? What's going on here? Kind of thing. It was so funny. It was like the funniest thing. Um, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you had to be there. It's just a funny phenomenon, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> quite. That, like, this is, uh, this is the frontier. Um, no, I just thought it was really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 that's pretty funny. Uh... Right, I think we should read a review and call it a day. All right, fine, fine, fine. So whose car are you driving tomorrow? Mimi's. Oh, is it alive? Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, let's read out a review. <laughs> just overheard my... <laughs> overheard my mum in the other room use the, use the phrase high optionality. <laughs> but like in the midst of talking in Urdu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like Urdu, 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 high optionality. <laughs> Man, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> it's almost like you're an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, we got a one-star review recently. The one-star review was, the quality of the last episode is horrendous. Please don't do this again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Scathing. It's absolutely scathing. Uh, we should turn this into an, in, into an Instagram clip and then beg everyone, if you're, if you're watching this, please leave us a nice review. We'll put a link in my Instagram bio if you're, <laughs> hmm. if you're, if you're watching this. Yeah, what's the thing? What's the point of reviews? We've had 1,700 podcast ratings. I think um, I think the ratings partly help it the, be, be the rankings, like or something like that. Yeah, I think we we actually now have a permanent spot in the society and culture rankings in the in in the UK. It's not a very high spot; it's like sixtieth or something. But I think we didn't have that a while ago, so that's yeah, kind of so cool. Thank you, everyone who's left reviews. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Let's call it a day. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.